0: Hey, everybody, iPhone photo show. Hey, did you hear there's a new iPhone out? We've been talking about it for a few weeks. I'm Jefferson Graham here with Scott Bourne, and it's mostly about the video capabilities and the USB-C stuff. That's what people are talking about more than anything else. And let me tell you, my friend Scott is pretty excited, right?
1: I am, Jeff. Good to be with everybody. Listen, I have been using the iPhone as a video camera a serious video camera, including for paid production work since the Model 13 came out when they made ProRes available on the phone. But this is a big leap what's happening with the 15 because now we have ProRes, but we also have Apple Log. We are able to actually lock down the white balance. There's a setting in your settings for video that says lock white balance. You lock that down, and whenever you're shooting in video, you're going to have the same white balance set throughout the shot. Now, why is that a big deal? You're saying, oh, my cameras do that. I don't have to worry about that with my cameras. Well, the problem is every Apple iPhone camera up until the 15 has used an HDR-style approach to sort of take a bunch of shots. Well, I shouldn't say everyone. They use different methods in the past, but the recent phones have used this HDR approach where they Take several shots, and the AI groups them together. What it thinks is the best image or video, and it often will cause the uh, white balance to shift. You haven't done anything. You haven't. You've locked all your settings as best you can, but if you turn the camera a slight way, and there's a little bit of yellow that comes into the scene or something, the iPhone will shift the color balance, and it basically means it's it's almost unusable for professional work you have to basically stop and start every shot based on the light. And if there's any camera movement at all, you can't use it. It has to be pretty much all locked down shots. But now we can lock down the white balance and we can export, as long as we're working with an external device, and there's more on that in a second, to Apple Log. Now, Log is basically the video version of RAW. And the thing about it, Jeff, is that people that aren't familiar with it the first time they do it, they think they've made a mistake because the video comes out very bland and washed out and, and just kind of like, Igh! it looks horrible. And that's because there's been no processing done to it at all. You have to do that in post. Most people do that, and in video, we call that color grading. That's a fancy way of saying we just bring back the contrast and punch the color where we want. It can be done with automatic you know, methods using what we call LUTs or lookup tables, or you can do it manually, or you can do both. And so once you adjust that log file, it's beautiful. And the the advantage of log is it gives you another two stops or so of dynamic range. So you don't have to worry about your whites being blown out or your blacks being crushed. It's really a big, 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 big deal. And the ability to get that footage to an external device which we originally talked about, Jeff, being an SSD drive, but we know that something else works too.
0: Okay, well, let's tell everybody about that. But first, if you do wanna plug in an SSD drive, because Apple doesn't tell you how to do it, First, you have to reformat the drive before you can get started. Uh, I recommend you doing XFAT, which is uh, just one of the many things. You go into utilities, disk utility, reform, uh, erase drive, go to XFAT, and, um, and there you have it. Then you plug it in, and then you open up the Files app. And when you do that, look for under locations, and you'll see your drive listed. And most of us thought the only way we could do this is with the drive, but as Scott found out, you could do it to an SD card as
1: well. You sure as heck can. And this really got my dander tinkled and I was happy about it. And I just, I I really couldn't believe it. So I found a USB C to SD dongle that I had laying in my dongle box. And I thought, what the heck? I'm going to try this. I plugged it in and I actually have my phone on order, but I was working with a friend's phone. He brought it over and we were testing out cables like crazy. We had, Tested every cable we could find to see what worked and didn't. And I threw in a, a, a fast SD card, 64 gig SD card. And sure enough, Jeff, the phone saw it. And how you know that is this. When you're trying to record ProRes video in log, in 4K, you can't do it in the phone. You have to have an external device. As soon as one is connected, that option is not grayed out anymore. The phone automatically knows that you've got it connected, and you can record the footage as you wish. So I threw in the SD card. It's kind of flipping there in the wind uh, out of the bottom of the phone, and I tried to save the footage over, and it worked. And then I immediately pulled the SD card out, dropped it into my MacBook Pro, opened up Final Cut, and man, it was just, it was amazing. It's the its the experience you and I have been talking about ever since we've been talking about the iPhone and cables and, and lamenting the slowness of, of lightning and doing things via airdrop. It's just, it's, you know, I could care less that there's a new lens or that it's titanium or that it has longer battery life or that it's got more brightness or that it's prettier or any of that stuff. I'd I'd buy it just to be able to do the things we just talked about.
0: Right, it's finally an iPhone
1: Pro. <laughs> it is, right. yeah, finally. And, and I can tell you that a lot of people I know a lot of people who do production work. They do the nitty-gritty production work, not fancy stuff like cinematography on the latest Dune movie, but the the the, the bread-and-butter stuff that everybody needs to do: commercial work, promos, uh, you know, editing on on you know either YouTube videos or even network TV. They all want to use iPhones in places where they've been using some of these big cinema cameras, but they just couldn't because they couldn't get the footage off fast enough for all the other producers to look at as it was coming out. And they also just couldn't do it fast enough to get the edits done to satisfy their production quotas. Now they can. And in the industry, if you know people that are professional shooters who work on motion pictures, or television, or make commercials, or music videos, etc. most of them use the Samsung SSD drive. And almost every big cinema camera, like Blackmagic, for instance, uh, or RED, they all have cages with actual <laughs> SSD slots for the Samsung. It's such a standard that they all have little holders for the Samsung SSD slider. I guarantee you something like that's going to happen for the iPhone. And in fact, I haven't had time to do it yet, but when my personal phone gets here, I have a bunch of cages and a bunch of grip from my actual black magic cameras. I'm going to see if I can jury rig any of those SSD holders onto the back of my moment cage, which has a ton of connections on it. And maybe I will invent the first, uh, you know, SSD holder for uh, an iPhone. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but, uh, Yeah, it it could also be done via an iPhone case. You could have a little slot on the back of the case for an SSD drive, or you can do what we talked about. You can just use an SD card, which all of us have. In fact, I was wondering, what am I going to do with all these SD cards? I have so many. Now I know I'm going to use it for recording video. It's great. So my little
0: Jerry rig, and I, I, I didn't, I was not as extensive as you, but I found a card reader lying on my desk, a USB-A card reader, and then I stuck a USB-A to USB-C adapter dongle. And I threw it into the iPhone and 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 clicked on ProRes and it said USB C, so it recognized it and let me record to it. I just didn't record to it for a long time, so I didn't know. You know, I was concerned about going using an old USB A thing on there. Um, I think you're really supposed to use the USB C, and I did order one. It I think it just arrived while we've been talking, so I'll, I'll t- check it out later. But that's one, and and I just put the. Uh, uh, a, a heavy-duty SD card in there. What do I have in there? A 128 Extreme Pro, which should last me uh, quite some time. Maybe a half hour of, of, of uh, ProRes footage, right?
1: Yeah, I'd have to do the math, but at least that. I, I have ordered five different ones to test <laughs> from uh, Amazon. I'm going to test them out. And I've looked for USB 3 speeds and a USB to SD adapter. And uh, not all of these adapters are US th- USB3 capable. Just keep that in mind.
0: Right, and, but, and they're hard to come by on Amazon. You type in USB3 and up comes USB-A.
1: Yeah. yeah, there's only a few that are USB3, but that's the best case scenario. And then as we briefly mentioned last time uh, that I was on with you, we wanna make sure that you're using USB3 rated cables when you're taking footage or photos off of your iPhone, because if you're not, then it's not going to be any faster than it was when you used your lightning cable. If you're using an old USB-A cable that you're putting a USB-C connector on and you're plugging it into your iPhone and you're trying to dump data, you're going to sit there and say, well, why why is it so slow? It's no faster. I don't get it. Well, it's because the cable can't handle it. And you had some personal experience with that, Jeff. Uh, yeah,
0: um, I did, I shot 10 minutes of ProRes footage and I sent it from the phone to, um, I used the cable to import it into the computer. It took about a minute, maybe maybe a little less. And then I tried airdropping
1: it and it took four minutes.
0: So yep. that was a big difference.
1: Yeah, it's this is what personally I have been waiting for forever. You and I talked about this, I don't know, last year and we said, we don't know if it'll ever happen because Apple's second biggest business after the iPhone itself is its services business, selling people cloud storage. <laughs> and yeah. if you can easily and efficiently uh, dump data to hard drives, which are dirt cheap these days, I mean, you can buy a ridiculous amount of storage for 40 or 50 bucks. If you can do that and pay a one time fee versus paying Apple. 40 or 50 bucks a month, that's what you're going to do. And they know that. But I feel like they had to make this happen because the European regulators were, were on them about deliberately throttling speeds and eliminating choices for the consumers. They The people in Europe have far more consumer protection than we do here in the States. So thank you, my European friends. Thank you, because uh, that has been the impetus of this decision. And they didn't do it because they were good guys who wanted to help us out. They did it because they had to.
0: I know it's. It was. Uh, I, I'm really surprised about how much they've given us because I'm so accustomed to iPhone comes out. No, you can't. You know, if you bought it with five twelve and you ran out of room, that was it. Period. Sorry that's how it goes. And um, you can't, you know, you can't connect this into it. You can't connect that into it. And that's just the way Apple's been, you know, and, uh, but I, they did make the change with the iPad a few years back. They went to USB-C, which was a surprise because then they, they you know, originally they didn't want the iPad to be too much like a Mac, etc. But I, I guess they've changed their tune.
1: Well, I think they recognize that, you know, the world is moving to these devices And I read some just staggering statistics in the last few years about the sale of televisions. Now, all my life, you know, having a TV has been a big deal. I'm old enough that I remember my dad bringing home the first color TV into our household, which was just, I mean, it was a mind-numbing experience for us. We just, we were able to watch Disney in color, and we thought that was so cool. There were only three channels. Well, uh, now... Nobody buys TVs, Jefferson. The The number of people who buy TVs compared with 30 years ago, it's infinitesimal number. Uh, the percentage in young people, they don't, they just oh, they don't, don't, don't TVs. They don't have TVs. Yeah, no. They don't even know what a TV is. They don't, they don't know how to operate one. They've never seen one. They do everything either on their phone and their quote unquote desktop computer is their tablet. <laughs> That's about as big as most people get. So the, the the writing's on the wall. Everybody recognizes you've got to have mobile devices that are capable of doing the work that we did on laptops and on uh, stationary desktops. And in fact, Jeff, you know, I, I had an assistant not too long ago recently tell me that my laptop wasn't a mobile device. Oh, said, what do you mean? It's, it's not what do you mean? It's not a mobile device. It runs on a battery. I don't need a, a wall connector to run it for a while. I carry it in my briefcase because that's way too big to be a mobile device you know the the ipad is as big as you can go i said okay well thanks for letting me know (laughs) has she ever heard of a desktop she's like she's like 25 so you know she i i can amuse her all day with stories of you know phones that you had to hook into the wall and buy long cords for so you can roam around the house with them or you know rotary dials etc i i I still get uh, my jollies once in a while when someone makes fun of me for being an old man. I go to YouTube and watch those videos of young kids trying to figure out how to use rotary dial phones to get even. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I remember those rotary dial phones and then the push buttons. Remember those? Yeah, push yeah, push buttons came after that. Well, the, the, the notion that we have, I, I sometimes have to pinch myself. I'm sitting here, you know, I have been using some pretty heavy-duty cameras uh, when you and I were in Bosque de Apache a couple of years ago, I had some heavy-duty cinema cameras that cost a lot of money and heavy-duty lenses that cost a lot of money. And I'm doing work with an iPhone now that rivals what I was able to do with those cameras. And I can carry the, the thing in my pocket. It's just its staggering to me how good this is. And then looking at, at their continuing to get better. Now, I haven't even messed around with the 5X zoom. I know that you have. Uh, I haven't done anything really other than play with the video side of it. Uh, I, I don't really notice any difference in brightness. I don't really notice any difference in weight. I don't really notice any difference in battery life. It might be, a, you know, something I would say the touch longer, but, you know, none of those things matter to me. I don't, you know, the t- titanium case is kind of cool. Uh, my phone is going to be the, the the naked one, that just all titanium. Of course, I, nobody will see that because it'll be inside a case immediately. Um, For me, it's all about that USB-C, the speed that we can get coming out of that sucker, and the ability to hook up to an external device in real time while we're recording video. I I just think all of those things mean this is a professional device now. You will see a lot of production work being done with iPhones. And it's going to really disrupt some of the rental houses in L.A. and New York where people go and pay a lot of money every day to use a RED camera or a Sony Venice or a Blackmagic 6K, they're not going to need that. I, they, I mean, it, this this footage, I put it right next to some Blackmagic 6K footage. Now, despite the, you know, the one clear difference is that the Blackmagic 6K over 4K, you could do more cropping, etc., cetera, and, and not lose any quality footage. And in low light, the Blackmagic still does a better job. But, uh, you know, all things being equal, if you have a well-lit scene, you can you can color grade those two files next to each other and nobody could tell the difference. And that, you know, to me, is staggering.
0: Let's talk about color grading for a minute. For the listeners who haven't color graded uh, video footage, um, you want to talk a little bit about how to easily sure. do that?
1: Yeah. Sure, okay. So a lot of our listeners are used to Photoshop. And you're used to going into Photoshop and you've got sliders and you move these sliders left and right. If you're going to do a levels command or a brightness command or a shadows command, you're going to move levels left or right to adjust the picture. Those of you who are a little bit more advanced maybe know how to use curves. Curves allow you, you can set up an adjustment layer with curves. This allows you to set the black points and the white points along a a curve that runs diagonally across a, a square frame. And a common curves adjustment to make a picture look quote unquote good is to bump up if it's a flat file, meaning if it's shot in raw or log, means you are gonna typically bump up the the bright spots and pull down the blacks. And that will give you that contrast that you're used to seeing natively right out of the phone when the phone takes over. And that, that kind of image in the video world, we call that REC 709, R-E-C-709. And what that does is that that's sort of like a standard that everyone understands. It's sort of a straight line, this is a good picture. Now, if you watch something like uh, the, the, the Last of Us or Walking Dead, those are heavily graded with these kind of murky greens and and kind of moody, dark colors that doesn't look the same. So what those people do is they'll create a look and then save that in what's called a lookup table, a LUT. And that lookup table is basically like a preset. Now, now, please don't send me email and get pedantic with me about, well, technically it's not a pre-. I'm trying to talk in, in phrases that everybody understands, folks. So give me a break. Uh, the LUT is sort of like a preset or a filter, if you like, or an action, whatever trips your trigger. You simply drag that LUT to file. You drag it on a on a layer, so to speak, in Final Cut, on top of the video footage that you want to affect. And presto, that flat-looking log file now is popping and looks the way you want it to. Now, you can buy these LUTs. There are hundreds of companies that sell them. You can make your own. I make my own, and I do occasionally buy some. And if you get a look that you like, that you wanna be able to replicate across many projects, it makes sense to save it as a LUT, and then you just drag it down. Now, what's gonna be different if you're using something like Final Cut versus Photoshop is the default way to edit color and and uh, exposure in Final Cut is to use what we call color wheels. So you'll see three color wheels or five color wheels uh, Adobe Premiere uses something similar. Uh, DaVinci Resolve uses something similar. Sony Vegas uses something similar. Uh, I use Final Cut. Uh, You can simply learn how to use these color wheels to affect the same changes you make with sliders. But if that's uncomfortable for you, all you have to do is change the wind. There's a window which has different commands and lets you move to a slider like environment. And you can do it that way. After you use the color wheels, they start to get good to you, and you don't want to do it any other way. It's more precise. But, uh, you, you know, you don't have to make this hard. You can literally just buy a Rec. 709 LUT from, um, any you know, a whole bunch of people. Go to iPhonographers. Uh, that guy has a bunch of LUTs that are real affordable. Uh, you can buy a LUT and just drop it onto your footage, and everything looks great. Um, this, the big advantage, though, if you shoot in log, like I say, you're going to get at least two stops at dynamic range that you wouldn't have otherwise. And if you lock down that white balance like I want you to, you're not going to have to worry about color shift. Now, if the only video you shoot is of the grandkids playing at the beach, you're not going to be interested in any of this, and I don't blame you. But if you want to do something creative, you want to make something that might be commercial in value, or you hope that someday it could be commercial in value, you want to make a project that's special to you, I'd recommend learning how to do this stuff. It's not hard, and I have proof of that, Jefferson, because I know how to do it. And if (laughs) I can do it, anybody can do it.
0: Would you say that after you've gone through the process that your footage is going to look a whole lot better than straight out of the
1: camera? Well, no, that's a very interesting question. Uh, A lot of the time, no, (laughs) because Apple does get it right. A lot of the time. But if you're a person who has used this as as extensively as I have in a commercial environment, and you've watched that color change happen when Apple just you know arbitrarily and capriciously decides through its HDR algorithm to make a change, that's very dis- disconcerting. And uh, in those cases, it does look a lot better. And the other thing is, is that, remember, Apple is going to do this using this sort of HDR look. It's very harsh. I can instantly spot footage from an iPhone Jefferson because in every case it's very harsh and it's sort of I don't want to use the phrase abrasive abrupt it's hard edged it 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 looks too real <laughs> in other words it's very hyper realistic and it's not flattering in my opinion so you'll start to see these star mist filters are being offered in places like B&H and Adorama. these star mist filters are actually filters that people put over their video cameras to dumb down the footage and make it look a little softer, a little more natural. And that's where this grading uh, approach over a log file does really make a difference. If you want the the skin to be smooth and not hyper porous, if you want the edges to be smooth and not abrupt, then this is this way it just looks more natural. It's more pleasing and and I'll use this phrase it's overused, and it means something different to everybody, but it's more of a cinematic look.
0: Yep, okay. Yeah, but I always found the GoPro was so processed that I look like a uh, Sandman or something. I mean, it was really <laughs> rough, and I, and I
1: needed, needed to be on log for that. But... Yeah, the, the thing is, remember, Apple's just thinking about 99% of the people that buy this thing. They just press a button and want it to look good. And they do a very, very good job of making that happen. And every year they do a better job than they did the year before. And my hat's off to them because, you know, if I'm, if I'm grandma and grandpa and I have a short few days with the grandkids and I just have a once-in-a-lifetime chance to get a picture of them with Mickey or down at the beach or with the new dog, I would be heartbroken if the footage didn't come out, you know? So Apple's going to save that situation. You're going to get something usable. You're going to get something that's going to look good. Uh, But if you're doing commercial work or you're doing this the way a lot of our listeners do this, a lot of our listeners on the photographic level anyway, are what I would call serious photographers. They go on trips just to take pictures. They don't happen to take pictures while they're on a trip. That's a different approach they go on workshops they go on outings where they really just want to do something creative with their camera and there are video people that do that too and in those cases you're going to want to use these advanced tools because it really differentiates you from others that are just out there pretending
0: right so as everybody knows or many people know i've had the iphone uh the new 15 pro pro max for uh, about five days now and Scott has ordered his and w- what are you looking at Mid-Octo- mid, mid-october to get it or earlier or?
1: oh no no uh, I got mine through t-mobile because that's where my account is and they they said I'll have it first of the first of the month okay so next week and maybe what, maybe even sooner
0: what are what's on your agenda for when you get it what are some of the first things you want to do with it
1: well, I want to sort out this bug that's happening when people want to transfer their phone from their old phone to their new phone. If you haven't heard, if you have uh, iPhone 1701 on there and you try to connect, you do the thing where you bring your phone, you're, you're transferring your data from close by, it's going to hang on you on the Apple. And then you have to start over. So what what I have to do is I have to go in, update Uh, install the phone as if I don't have the files I'm going to transfer and then go do the patch, which is 1702, and then roll the phone back, reset it and say, now I want to install it from another phone. It's a hassle and I wish I didn't have to do it, but that's what I have to do. So I'm do that. And then I'm going to start playing around with that 5X zoom because I know a lot of people have questions about it and I'm going to put it through its paces. I want to see, I want to see what it, can do optically and and what I think of that now about the same time I should be getting my moment lenses. So it'll be an opportune time to say, okay, which of these is better?
0: And again, the advantage of a moment lens is that you could put the optics on the wide lens, which is the sharpest lens and possibly get a sharper telephoto than you could get with the Apple telephoto.
1: And likewise, a sharper macro and a sharper wide shot because Every time you use the macro lens, the wide lens, or the super wide lens, or the telephoto lens on the iPhone, you're using the 12 megapixel sensor. It's only when you're using the main wide, they call it, the 1X uh, camera, that you're getting to use that 48 megapixel sensor. And so Moment's approach is to rely on that sensor alone to deliver the information to the lens. And then to modify it in the lens with the appropriate prisms and glass, etc. So So I, I, you know, in the past, before the most recent batch of phones, when I used Moment lenses, they were very good. But as iPhone changed and it got different optics, their lenses were kind of no longer relevant because they were tuned to an... I mean, they built those lenses when iPhone 7 was shipping. And it feels like we're in a whole different universe now. I mean, if you, I mean, the difference between iPhone Seven and iPhone Fifteen is like the difference between iPhone One and iPhone Seven.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, on setup, I'm a veteran of this. I've done it many times, as is Scott, and I've learned my lesson. I do not put the phone over the other phone and transfer everything to the new phone. I start fresh and uh, I'll, I'll just put the other stuff on later. Uh, I, you know, I just made a list of all my apps and then I just went in the app store and just downloaded them all. I did have a bug. It wasn't the same bug that Scott was talking about, but the bug was preventing me from transferring footage from the the 15 into the computer using the cable that i'm supposed to be using and going into image capture which is uh what uh that, that's an application a mac application that apple recommends using for transferring and it wouldn't happen so i i, I reset it the factory settings and start all over again and the uh the footage went right through this time so that, that's what i did
1: yeah yeah i i'm with you the, the, clean install followed by adding your apps back in is always the very best practice. The problem with that is now you've got to remember all your passwords <laughs> yeah, and and all that stuff. And it, you know, it's a bear, it's a bear for anybody. these days. It's a bear.
0: But, I, I have a password manager. It's called Dashlane. And that's the first app I put on. And then, uh, I just look up all the passwords in there. Yeah, it's not fun, but, um, but, but the phone is working the way it's supposed to be working. So it was something worth doing.
1: Yeah. But you, you can do, if you want to, you can do the hold one phone over the other thing. You just have to do it after you've updated the OS to 17.02. Yeah. Now, I'm going to guess within a couple of weeks of people hearing this, um, we we're recording this on the 25th of September. Uh, I would assume by maybe 15th of October, none of this will be an issue that they'll have sorted this out and the phones are going to ship with an OS that, that avoids this bug.
0: Yeah. Um, I assume so as well. Um, iPhone great website. Uh, Scott's been writing some really good articles about stuff that you wouldn't see anywhere else about cables and SD cards. I swear to you, you didn't see that anywhere else. So thank you, Scott.
1: Yeah, I try to I try to make sure that the people that are members of our team, we think of it as a team, uh, get real good, valuable information. We don't charge any money for it. We don't charge for any no credit card required. You just come on in and become a member. It's free, iPhonePhotoTeam.com. And, you know, the thing is, the beauty of what we're doing now, Jefferson, is it's very specialized. Back when I ran Photo Focus, I had to cover many different topics, but now all I have to do is be on top of the iPhone. So it's it's a lot easier to find those special things like, hey, an SD card will work. Uh, and, and I'm going to keep finding those little gems. But the other thing that's cool, Jeff, is that some of our users find those gems and we learn from them, too. So we're not we're not against that. You know, we don't have any ego in this. If you come up with some incredible new way to do something or you get the right cable that works the best for the least amount of money, be sure to leave your comments there and let everybody know we want to hear about it and check
0: out everybody's pictures so uh, lots of people are posting their new, their new work on the phone and and it's great for um, um seeing what other people are doing and, and inspiration and stuff like that so iphone team.com you'll find scott and i there um scott enjoy your new phone when you get it which should be real soon
1: i will and we'll come back and talk about it some more and some other stuff all
0: right thanks everyone for listening